It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the party. I'm Sam Ekstrom of Locked On Sports Minnesota. On today's show, full AFC and NFC championship breakdowns. Poor Joseph Asai, man. Feel for him. I'm Luke Braun of Locked On Vikings, and I have tweet notifications turned on for Eli Apple. Luke Inman, at Luke underscore Spenman. I just want to be the first to congratulate Chief Super Bowl participant Amir Smith-Marset, who gets the last laugh on all of us. Uh, Arif Hassan, Pro Football Network, and for once, I don't have an interesting intro. And of course, I'll find a way to bring Kirk Cousins into this conversation as well on today's Minnesota Football Party. Locked on Sports Minnesota Podcast. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. It's time for the Minnesota Football Party. It's your guys hanging out talking next-level Vikings football. So join in with Pro Football Network's Arif Hassan, Locked On Vikings' Luke Braun, Superior Sports Talk's Luke Inman, and Vikings insider Sam Ekstrom, plus the biggest names in Minnesota football for the Minnesota Football Party. And it starts now. Welcome in a Monday edition of the Minnesota Football Party on Locked On Sports Minnesota. I'm Sam Ekstrom. Those are the two Lukes, Inman and Braun, and Arif Hassan of Pro Football Network. The full panel today reacting to AFC Championship, NFC Championship. Could Kirk Cousins have hung in those games? Who's the Vikings defensive coordinator going to be? And a little bit of senior bowl talk to sprinkle in as well as we slowly start to pivot to the offseason, to the draft, to prospects, to draft crushes, all that good stuff. Uh, today's show is presented by FanDuel. FanDuel is the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Uh, you can find our network and our show in so many different ways. We're on Amazon Fire and Roku, Locked On Sports Minnesota app specially made you can watch us on your big screen tvs you can find us on youtube on your cell phone your laptop locked on sports minnesota it's free to subscribe and we're free and available wherever you prefer to listen to podcasts let's talk afc first because that was a great game it was an epic game and absolutely lived up to the hype bengals chiefs 23 20 the chiefs win uh, with a hobbled Mahomes, officiating was running rampant, taking control of the game. Uh, but I thought it was still a quality, quality AFC title game. Uh, knee-jerk reaction, Luke Inman. Yeah, even with the injury going in, you just knew uh, it's going to be tough to beat Mahomes in the championship game two years in a row at Arrowhead because the dude's an alien, hobbling on one foot, no help in the run game, 34 yards on like 18 carries. He lost his top three receivers in that game. I know he turned the ball over on that one snap, but zero interceptions, over 300 yards passing, two touchdowns. He almost forces you to play perfect on defense the way he just ad-libs in and outside the pocket, keeps his eyes downfield. I thought huge credit to the Bengals' defense 
though, like they really laid out this kind of blueprint on how to slow him down the last three games they played him. A lot of dropping eight in coverage, being really smart, how to rush him, keep him inside the pocket. But I watched that game unfold and kind of in a weird way, when you look at the previous three games and then this game last night, it almost felt like the fact they knew he was hobbled kind of changed their game plan just a pinch. And they started to try to get after him with four more, even blitz him more because they knew he had to stay in the pocket. And instead, it just seemed like Mahomes was able to chew up a lot of yards on like check downs, do just enough in the pocket to kind of slide away from some pressure and find guys downfield. So in a weird way, it kind of felt like the fact everyone knew Mahomes wasn't the same guy with his legs almost hurt the Bengals defense, at least in comparison to how they stopped them the previous three matchups. But in the end too, like I know a lot was made about the officiating, the flags, the penalties, but Chiefs had more yards, more passing yards, more first downs, more yards per play, gave up less sacks, won the time of possessions, didn't have as many turnovers. So not really a huge shock. They were the team that found a way to win. I will say the pass rush, I think, ended up being the big difference in this game, too. Like Mahomes found a way just to avoid enough pressure, just enough times where Burrow... Man, right from the get-go, under duress, all game long, didn't have that same kind of escapability we're used to seeing him. And I think as well as that Bengals offensive line, those backups played last week versus the Bills, I think they kind of came back down to earth this game, a little bit exposed from just a sheer talent perspective versus guys like Chris Jones and company, who was just absolutely dominant last night. Yeah, people like to praise uh, the enemy and that Chiefs offense, but how about Spags? Four years, like he hangs around, They've just got their coordinators locked up, and that defense is playing a million rookies, and Spags just finds a way to make it work. Uh, Arif, your thoughts? Yeah, no, absolutely. I think the thing is, you know, Joe Burrow might be the second-best quarterback in the NFL. That could be true. Personally, I think it's Josh Allen, but, you know, it's close, whatever. You know, you can have your argument. The thing is, Patrick Mahomes is not just the number one quarterback in the NFL. There is a distance between Mm -hmm. one and two, right? This isn't Manning-Brady, right? Like, this is absolutely wild how good Mahomes is and the thing that makes him so good translates to every facet of his play right because you know we're used to seeing Mahomes you know break the pocket scramble extend plays and some of his most exciting plays come in those moments but before he ever got injured he was the best in structure in pocket quarterback in the NFL if you only take a look with every quarterback inside the pocket inside the timing of the play He was number one with a bullet with a significant distance between one and two. That's what happened in this game, right? Like the injury, I think, is a really significant part of the storyline here. I think it is extraordinary what he was able to do. The fact that he gutted it out for that final scramble to get that Mm. run in on that injured ankle, I think is extraordinary. I think that that's fantastic. But I think this kind of reinforces, not because he won, right? Because I'm not a quarterback wins guy, but the way that he played, it reinforces the kind of player that he is and how much further away from the rest of the crowd he happens to be. The fact that Spagnuolo did a phenomenal job with that rookie group, which, by the way, got rookier over the course of the game because Joshua Williams, you know, ended up having to play. Um you know, I, that, that is, that is like really exciting. Um, the, the cornerback class this year, uh, from the draft has been, maybe it's the best cornerback class I've Insane. ever seen. I, it has to be right. There's no way, like this is like the 2020 receiver yeah. class just at corner. It is remarkable wow. how good these guys are. Yeah. Um, and the chiefs have three of them. Uh, so, uh, it, it, it's, it's pretty cool kind of seeing how this all plays out, you know, uh, offensive line talent matters, receiver talent matters, cornerback talent matters. We saw all of that play out. 
But more than anything else, we saw that quarterback talent matters. A Patrick Mahomes could retire Monday after the Super Bowl. Is he a first ballot Hall of Famer? I think so. Without a doubt? Yeah, I think so. I think so, too. Yeah, he's good. Two rings and being the best quarterback in the league for, like, literally the whole time he was a star. Right. Yeah, <laughs> right. Like, yeah. I, what else? He's an alien, you guys. But that's what I was going to say. Like, It feels like he's in year 12 with right? nothing left to prove, just, like, notching extra stuff. Like, the, I'm so uh, glad right, he won the Gotta have an early. injury game. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, three Super Bowls in the last four years. I just wonder... Who's Patrick Mahomes without Andy Reid? I'm just so glad for us fans of the game of the NFL that he hooked up with Andy Reid. Not to say that he wouldn't have been successful somewhere else, but knowing Andy Reid, his background, his passion to develop quarterbacks like that, just the perfect marriage when you look back to the start of all this, too. And remember, some people thought he was a reach when they moved up and grabbed him with, what, 12th, 13th overall pick? Something like that. I did. Yeah, no, a lot of people did. That was the big discussion. So I'm just so glad that he ended up hooking up with Andy Reid because who knows where we'd be. Yeah, Ron, it's amazing. What else you got? That he's he's in his fifth year as a starter in the league, and he like has nothing left to prove. Like that's yeah, insane. It's so cool. Yeah, I'm like to that, have like a what... like an injury game now. Like, let's add that to the legacy, <laughs> yeah, and now right. he gets to go yeah. hit the bingo card. What do we got left on the bingo card here? Yeah, yeah. I'm, there's I'm, nothing. I'm really it's glad fine. That he, he was able to get that, that ring out of the way early, so we didn't have to have a tiring discussion about rings. Right. I'm so glad he got that. Yeah, and yeah. The big one though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He doesn't. He's got the monkey off his back like right away. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and Luke, to your point, yeah, I, I I think that having him with Andy Reid has just been such a treat for us fans. You know, I like certainly I think that there's a really good chance he would be the best quarterback in the NFL right. without Andy Reid. I don't know, maybe, maybe not. I'm glad we don't have to wonder. I'm glad mm-hmm. we just know that yeah. he is right. And I'm also glad that you know th- th- clearly Andy Reid is the one to maximize this guy, right? We've right. seen Andy Reid maximize a number of quarterbacks. We know that he is a good coach. This isn't like a Belichick Brady, like his Belichick good without. We know Andy Reid's good without mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes, and now we know they're both good, incredible together, right? So it's it- it's been like like you mentioned a treat. Yeah, there's like I feel like it's true to some degree with every quarterback and every coach, like. If you didn't land in the situation you landed in, would you not have developed? Like, if you took Patrick Mahomes' start and turned it into like the start that Justin Fields has had to his career, where he had to start right away, didn't have any help anywhere, didn't have any, like, does he develop the same? I don't know. Maybe he doesn't, but maybe he also just overcomes that better and he does anyways. But yeah, like Arif said, I'm like glad we don't have to. And what's cool about the Chiefs being the, the new, like, class of the AFC is that there's so much fun that it's going to be really hard oh, to get yeah, bored of that. Right. Yeah. Like, th- like Chiefs th- in the Super Bowl every year. Yep. That's fine with me. Fine. Yeah. They're going to they're gonna do pirouettes. They're going to pull some plays from Michigan in 1947. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, they're they're Let's get like, weird. Yeah. Like when other teams get weird, you end up with like the Patriots play where Mac Jones gets crumbled or the Dallas play. <laughs> right. The Colts play. It, the thing is, I don't even have to like outline what happened on these plays we all right, know no, right. they're awful mm-hmm. they're right. awful plays that pretend third to be one creative. justin jefferson pass right uh, yeah christian but, mccaffrey yeah. in the wild cat <laughs> dropping back trying to find a guy deep downfield yeah ah, that was like, born of necessity to be <laughs> I mean, that, I wasn't, that wasn't kyle shanahan getting know. in his bag I know. but andy reed getting in his bag is just fun it's fun football that yeah. works yeah we get hook and ladders on the second drive of the game yeah like that was terribly executed and you're like oh well right there the world Andy Reid rolling the well, dice. Well, it was terribly executed and got a first down. Like right. 
mistake mm-hmm. got a first, and now it's on film, right? Now it's on film. No, it's on yeah. film. Right. Now you're going to have to have a like, linebacker just like chilling with the running back behind a runner, like not yeah. actively <laughs> pursuing the runner. Or is that what we're going to punish people for now? Right. Yeah. Well, how about like two drives later when Kels caught the ball? Same spot, same was distance. A, oh, and yeah. Gray, oh, he was gonna, yeah. Gray right there this time. And it, he, it was almost like he thought about it. And I'm like, no, I ruined it. I can't do it. Can't I go over two. It. Well, it worked because it moved the defense and he got some space to run. Yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable. Andy Reid. Uh, unbelievable. Let, let's bring this back to the Vikings now. Okay. So Patrick Ooh. Mahomes is, is not of this planet. Probably naive to think you can just go find that guy. Mm-hmm. All right. So Arif, you said it. Big gap between one and two. Maybe Joe Burrow's number two. So what is the gap between Joe Burrow and Kirk Cousins? And is it realistic to, to think that Kirk Cousins could hang in a game like that because ultimately that's what this is all about can kirk win the big game we have really no evidence to suggest that how big is the gap between kirk and a burrow braun uh, or reef i'm just gonna i was just gonna say kirk might have been able to hang in that nfc game it is possible i kind of doubt it because a lot of the eagles opportunities were born of the fact that jalen hurts was a running threat and he himself did not run uh, a ton or effectively outside of the one drive but you could very clearly see how the defense was moved by his running threat enabling you know miles sanders and kenneth gainwell and all of them to run so it, it is possible but i don't know that that game gives us evidence one way or the other the fact that they had josh johnson i think is 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 the reason why right but the the chiefs no I don't think Kirk Cousins would have hung as a member of the Cincinnati Bengals at quarterback, especially with that offensive line, the way that Joe Burrow did. Yeah. He's taken just as many sacks. I think he's right. taken more. Right. Joe Burrow didn't yeah. take. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Joe Burrow didn't take a sack in the entire second half minus at the 41 second mark of the fourth quarter. We have pretty significant yeah, sack yeah, to take. Joe, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's Joe Burrow. Who's like yeah. famously good at avoiding sacks. Yeah. He's incredible at it. Yeah, no, I, I think I, I the most curious one to me is if you put Kirk on the 49ers there, I think they make a game out of that. Oh, yeah. Just because of talent around. And it, clear, it was very clear with the problem the 49ers were dealing with. I don't know if the 49ers win that game if they get better quarterback play because of the way that the Eagles were working on offense. They were dominating yeah. so hard in the trenches. It's difficult for me to see. Like, you still got to solve that problem, too, you know? Yeah, you got you to um, figure out the Hassan Reddick issue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Blocking yeah, him. like on both sides of the ball, um, yeah. and like all the running game stuff you mentioned. But yeah, if you if you put Kirk Cousins on the 49ers I think that that's I, definitely I you're not walking like, away from that game going ah, Kirk Cousins just can't hack it. You know, I feel like he probably. I think it's an open question. I think that's the best chance out of all four of these teams that if he's on the 49ers he probably wins i don't know he can throw it further than 10 yards we have evidence of that so we have a lot of evidence of I, that. i'm just saying the last time we saw a quarterback saga like the one the 49ers face it was the vikings 2017 and what did they do they went and got kirk cousins they said we don't want any of you yeah we're just gonna go get kirk shanahan loves kirk I almost expected Josh Johnson to be better than Brock Purdy. Like they were establishing a pattern right successive yeah, quarterback getting better. Yep. Exactly. And uh, free agent now. That wasn't the case. I'm I'm excited to watch the 49ers offseason. Uh, let's dig a little more into Niners Eagles after I tell you about FanDuel. It's a big time of year for FanDuel. It's the only app you need at your Super Bowl party. America's number one sports book. Uh, and their new 
And they're the new partner with Locked On, the number one sportsbook in America. Download the app now so you can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. Get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel allows you to bet money lines, point spreads, and all those juicy prop bets for Super Bowl 57. Can't wait to put those into a parlay before the next Super Bowl because all the, all the parlays are going so well on this show. Um, the FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, secure, and easy to use. You get your winnings instantly after you hit that six-leg parlay. Join FanDuel today, fanduel.com slash locked on. Claim the no sweat first bet for Super Bowl 57. That's fanduel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, the official, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Eagles 49ers, massive disappointment to me because I thought that was going to be a sweet game and it almost turned into 38-7. I was actually rooting for 38-7. Two in a row. A second 38-7? <laughs> a second 38-7. So another The Eagles that... will not rest until they have 38-7 yeah. every I, that would have, That would have ruled because I think any Eagles fan would start printing out 38-7 shirts just because mm-hmm. that becomes their identity, right? For yeah. sure. Which is fantastic. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah, 100%. I endorse it. As, as like, having watched the first victimization of that. Yes. Yeah. As, <laughs> speaking for all Vikings fans, <laughs> we endorse, the, we as Vikings fans endorse yeah, this. Let's distribute the 38-7 pain, please. I was having some PTSD, actually, around that. So I don't know if I've regaled this group as a whole with my... My stories there. of the NFC Championship. I probably have told you all, like, independently in so, at some point, but... I'll give you the TLDR. No, um, give, us, give us the whole story. So I flew in on a budget, working for Zone Coverage, Arif, um, to save money, flew into D.C. morning of game, took a train to the stadium, right? So already kind of running on fumes. Covered that game and what a game it was, and it sucked to write about. People were unhappy. Nobody wanted to read the content. Um, had to try to find a way to, to put a bow on the season with that disaster, right? So probably, and that was the late game, so worked well past midnight on post-game work, then had the challenge of finding my way out of the stadium. And Arif, you've covered a lot of road games. It is very unintuitive sometimes how the heck oh, yeah. you get out. So oh, I am alone. The Saints stadium, by the way, is pretty bad for that. The Saints, oh, really? you said? Yeah. I'm trying to so remember. is awful for that. If you've ever been to SoFi, it is mm. a maze. Entering and exiting these places is impossible. It's not like the media entrance is never clearly labeled anyway, getting in the weeds. So I'm wandering around the link and it's like 1 a.m. So I and I run into a locked gate. It turns so out I've this... been in jail the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> it felt that way. Um, I was a prisoner in Philadelphia. Yeah, I'm looking around. I, I am saved by an intoxicated member of the Eagles front office or a or, or family member of a front office member who was partying on the field. They were like on the field hanging out till so the wee hours. And, and the guy <laughs> Wait, that, happened. Oh, oh my God, you win the NFC championship and you just go rage on the field? On the they field? Were ra- we That's were watching so them from the press box. We were watching it happen. I ran into one of those guys in the bowels of the stadium and he had a key. He's like, I've got the key to this gate. And he let me out. <laughs> I am the gatekeeper, literally. 
<laughs> next, so from there, wow. Hey man, what you need? I got a key. Uh, yeah, what you yeah. need, man? You need <laughs> so key? yeah, like guardian angel situation. So then I'm like, all right, this is going well for me. So I get out, and I've never like been able like to taste alcohol in the air like I did at that point, oh like going gosh. through the tailgating <laughs> lots. And true to four, at about at this hour, this is like approaching bar close. Nobody was obeying traffic laws. Nobody no. was obeying traffic lights, no. stop signs. I was afraid no. to cross the street because it was not a safe place to be. The purge. Um, well, of of with... all the things taste in the air, given the things that Philadelphians were famously tasting at the time, I think you oh, got true. away with one there. Yeah, true. In- interesting. Interesting take on that. I didn't think of it that way. I was hoping for cheesesteak. Cheese uh, smell in the air. We we can't. They were not that. gourmands that night. Let me tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> That's gosh. Uh, Arif and I can't beat that. But we were down at the Senior Bowl. We started at Veets. We watched the first half there. We went up seven nothing. We were going nuts. We were watching it with. Chuck, Charles McDonald, Yahoo mm-hmm. Sports, uh, SB Nation. Mm-hmm. And he was just enamored because we were so excited. And he's a Falcons fan, so he's been through <laughs> the ringer. Like, he's got no heart left, no soul. Yeah. And that no was the year left. after 28-3. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And he's like, wow, you guys are really excited. I'm like, yeah, I mean, this is our team. So then we go back to the uh, Airbnb and watch the second half there. Obviously, everything implodes. By the way, it was like a mess because that TV was just not set up. It was horrible. Yeah, yeah, it was garbage. One of those games and moments where it's just like, where were you? I'll always remember where I was, unfortunately. Yeah, Yeah, I was hanging out with Luke. Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's brutal. (laughs) Yeah. There's actually like three more legs to my harrowing tail. I'm not going to – It's I'm taking too long already. But basically, got lost downtown trying to find the bus stop to get a bus – Back to no DC. No way where the bus is running. Oh, to the, DC. Oh to my DC. God. Wow. I had to get back to DC. I got lost downtown. Very terrifying. I got my flight to <laughs> Chicago to connect. Got stranded in Chicago until 9 oh p.m. the following day because oh. there was a snowstorm. So I didn't sleep for probably a good 30, the 35, 40 hours after covering that game. And of, um, and of course, Tom Schreier is expecting you to pump out content <laughs> after content oh, yeah. and article after article yeah, and interview reading, after yeah. interview. And you're going on fumes and, and no and sleep all to save a buck you, on the corporate you make card. The, right, on the corporate card, on <laughs> right. the black card. All to save um, a buck. Uh, did you end up making the, the final locker room interviews for the, for the no, season? No, everyone missed it. Everyone was either stranded in Philadelphia or a connecting city. Wow. That's great. Because I could have gone and I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> you would have had exclusive content. <laughs> it would have been like B Rob, uh, 96 questions. It's just a reef. <laughs> yeah. The guy in here. <laughs> hey, so uh, losing pretty much sucks, right? Hey, Gosh. so uh, they're going to be playing in your stadium. Right. The Super Bowl. How does that like? feel? <laughs> What's that feel like? That's pretty cool, huh? As, <laughs> as embittered as uh, as embittered as fans are toward Eagles fans here, I st- I love the home crowd title game. Like I love them getting to witness the trophy ceremony and Terry Brad- Bradshaw asking inane questions. Like if they took away the home conference championship, I would be so disenchanted. Oh, if they did the neutral site thing, the neutral site yeah, is they, a, an if they implemented awful that as like yeah, I I am so worried that this, especially if it had actually gone through and it had been executed well. Mm-hmm. So like. 
sorry bills but thank you Mm -hmm. um but but like if it had been executed well the worry is that the nfl would want neutral site championship games which sucks i hate it i totally agree with you sam that having the unique home atmosphere of every particular stadium is so nice especially because like we've been to a couple of games now right the the environment at the chiefs is way different than the environment at the eagles way different Mm -hmm. than the environment at the giants way different than the environment in seattle like some of these really like famous like home field places and and they all have their own distinct energy and feel and crowd and i would hate to take that away especially in a championship game environment I knew about Bill's Chiefs possibility, but was that a discussion for the future that they would think about implementing yeah. something like According that? According to what? just Florio, right? It has been leaked. And yeah, when it I gets leaked, it, I, I feel like it usually comes to fruition at some point. Because think about Super Bowl week, how mm-hmm. these cities activate. They've yeah, got yeah. week-long activities. Mm-hmm. They've got stuff for fans to come out and spend money. It's not just one day of revenue. It's a week of revenue. And I could see the league licking its lips saying, oh, we got two more games where we can, like, you know, get the generate revenue. Up, it's all money. generate yep. revenue. Yeah, we'll that really waters stadium. down. That really waters down the number one seat, the value of having mm-hmm. the number one seat, the home field throughout. Right. I mean, what yeah, do you and, do there? And- and winning your division has already been watered down. If you mm-hmm. water down the last remaining advantage, right. I shouldn't say last remaining advantage. You'd still get the buy, but who knows when they expand that too. Mm-hmm. But like the way that they just have removed a lot of incentives for for winning the division, it just it robs, I think, a lot of joy out of the game. It's Not so mm-hmm. annoying that yeah. like and I, which again, they're profit maximizing entities. These are things that do increase profits but it really it really makes the experience as a fan feel less interesting yeah you get you feel robbed a little bit so you'd think or assume that they would have to compensate that number one seed or the higher seed somehow because it's like well i'm getting robbed of my home field that i worked all year for you know what i mean i don't know well they they never compensated the second seed forcing them into another game i think the bye week's going away like i think they're adding they're Ah. gonna add an 18th game they're gonna add an eighth an eighth playoffs, right? It's they're not going to stick on an on a prime number forever. It's going to mm-hmm. be eighteen, mm-hmm. eight playoff teams, and you just they have to win four games. There's going to be no bye week. So there's so cool league when Kirk Cousins as the eighth seed upsets the one seeded Lions as they finally get good. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, the, yeah. li- the Lions no. are going to be favored In- to win the NFC North. Like I, I think, I think that's actually with a no Rogers. If Rogers is gone, I, uh, that's that's plausible mm-hmm. for sure. I mean, it sounds like I, the yeah. Packers are genuinely exploring a trade and want to trade him. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I would put Rogers not being in Green Bay close to fifty percent, which seems like a lot right now. And then I would also put the Lions as likely the favorite by more than fifty percent chance too. I think all three of those teams though will be grouped pretty tightly yeah. though. You know, if Lions like a are minus one ten, minus one thirty kind of thing. Yeah. yeah exactly. If minus one ten, then Packers and Bikes are even money or plus one ten, something like that. But I yeah, you're right. Off too. enough, but yeah, yeah, without a doubt. Um, I've got a senior bowl four minute drill for you, but first, built bar. Uh, we're almost through the first month of the new year. Hopefully, you're keeping your New Year's resolutions, and hopefully, that means you've been loading up on built bars, built bars because you're not compromising taste, and they are so healthy with great macros and great 
flavors like peanut butter brownie, coconut almond brownie, batter, churro, cookies, and cream. So many different flavors and so many different ways to find these nutritious, delicious built bars. Onlinebuilt.com. But why wait when you can go in store? You could get in the car. You could listen to this podcast in the car. Go to Walmart. Get a four-bar box. Go to Sam's Club. Get a 13-bar box. And you can thank me later. You can go load up on built bars today and uh, continue fueling your body with these delicious, nutritious built bars. Also available, built.com with the promo code LOCKDOWN15. Time now. Start the clock. It's time to execute the four-minute drill. Inman brought up Senior Bowl week, um, so we should talk a little Senior Bowl. Um, I want one player. I want one player out of the hundred and some odd players that are in Mobile, or is it Mobile? Are you guys Mobile or Mobile guys? I think it's Mobile. Okay, thank you. Mobile. Um, I want one player you want in the Vikings. Who's your Senior Bowl crush? Uh, Let's go with the authority on this, Inman. Well, Sam, you and I, we brought up five small school guys I really like last week on the football party, one of them being Appalachian State linebacker Nick Hampton, probably a guy you don't need to spend like a top three round pick on, but all the traits to develop and target on a day three, fourth, fifth round kind of guy made Bruce Feldman's freak list because of the strength, sumo squat, 600 pounds, incline presses, 315, vertical for a linebacker, outstanding, 39, 40 inches, maybe most impressive, the arm length, 34 inches, wingspan is 81 inches, both in the the 90th percentile though for his position and he's fast too he hit 21 miles per hour on the gps his flying 10 yard split was 1.20 so i just can't wait to see what he measures in at tomorrow morning before day one of practice because i think a lot of people are going to be impressed with the raw traits you can mold and i just think about adding another athletic freak next to brian asamoah for the next four or five years makes you feel a lot better about just adding some real speed in you to the linebacker room mm-hmm. how about hassan hassan People don't usually talk about me with my last name. Um, yeah, I mean, so there's a there's a number of like this is a really talented group at the Senior Bowl. Uh, the offensive line group is probably one of the best Senior Bowl offensive line groups in a long time. I do like the edge group, and I think that we should take a look at that cornerback group, Anthony Johnson in particular. But if I'm picking one guy, I'm going to that offensive line group, John Michael Schmitz. How could I not? Mm-hmm. Right? How could I not go for the top center in the draft, who's also a Minnesota Gopher, who's also at a position of need, one that implicated, you know, the 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 outcome for a lot of Vikings games this year, especially late in the season, how that offensive line continued to uh, regress, develop, I don't know, continue to, uh, you know, hurt the team as time went on. So uh, the Vikings have a great pair of tackles. They've got a functionally pretty good guard in Ezra Cleveland. Garrett Bradbury's hitting free agency. It sounds like everybody wants to give Ed Ingram a chance uh, as a second-year player. Let's get John Michael Schmitz in there. I really like that. You know, maybe trading back into the top of round two, adding some extra picks, and then grab yeah. a guy like that. Kind of the yeah, dream absolutely. scenario, I yeah. feel like. Yeah, definitely. Glad you brought him up. Ron? Uh Arif took the only draft prospect I know, and that's because you told me about him on this show like two weeks ago. <laughs> I usually don't get into this until after the combine, but 
I will say Devin Witherspoon. He's supposed to be like the number one corner, right? And he's going to be at the senior bowl. The uh, Illinois guy, right? He dropped out yeah. he, because because oh, he, he is out? so highly oh. rated. Yeah, he he's, he's oh, not so going to be there. He was by far and away, not just the best corner, probably the best talent, you know, could be the first corner off the board. So um, he's not a Viking. He's not a Viking prospect. Realistically, I don't think I mean, so. It's, although it's, it's, so early. it's a long process. It's so That's what, yeah. what my kind of point was going to be that like, he looks like he's good. The kind of guy that goes in the top half of the round, but then I don't know, you do something weird at the senior bowl. You know, you don't wear gloves at your pro day kind of deal. Totally. And this group of corners is so deep. Maybe the strength of the class, it's kind of pick your flavor for any team. Any GM could fall in love with one of the other top guys, Christian Gonzalez, maybe a more longer yeah. athletic guy from Oregon. Yeah. So okay, um, him. he probably won't be there at 23, but you never know. But, but <laughs> who knows? I want. I'll go with. Go ahead, Gonzalez. Then, I'll just steal <laughs> Luke's idea. There you go. Good job, Luke. Thanks, Luke. <laughs> Feldman freak Keon White. He's an old prospect. He's not like young and unmolded. He's he's kind of he's twenty four, I think. But devastating player for Old Dominion in twenty nineteen. Transferred ODU? eventually. To, what? Sorry, ODU. ODU. Old Dominion. ODU. Yeah. Uh, what's their nickname? I don't know. Ask Heineke. Monarchs. Big, they're the Monarchs. <laughs> Intimidating. Mm. In the I'm Colonial seeing, Athletic oh, Association. Oh, my gosh. I'm seeing Old Dominion University Big Blue. Is that like a secondary nickname? Why am I seeing that? Well, I'm on the football team's Wikipedia page, and it says Monarchs. So I'm just I, believe, I believe you then. <laughs> Keon White is one of those versatile inside outside guys apparently he can run like 21 miles an hour and he's 290 and he jumps really high and he can lift a lot of weight and he was a, a an absolute game changer for georgia tech last year seven and a half sacks pretty good for a guy that, that lines up a lot inside vikings need defensive line depth and uh, they might lose dalvin tomlinson so i he am 21 at 290 that's alien what the heck? That's insane. <laughs> yeah. Go check out that Bruce Feldman freak list. It's always oh, it's just fantastic. fun to see. I love it. It's, it's yeah. fantastic. Um, if you want just the biggest guy in Mobile, Buckeyes, they have a, one of the top tackles out there in Paris. Johnson oh, the guy Jr. with like the 89. Oh, yeah. Sorry. The other guy, DeJuan the other guy, Jones, DeJuan Johnson. Yeah. He measured in with an 89 inch wingspan last night. Maybe the wildest thing I've ever heard in my life. The, so, the largest dude, wingspan in senior bowl history, by the yeah, way. Yeah, insane. Dude's like six foot eight, 315. He'll weigh in tomorrow. I mean, that's going to be a show in itself, but that's the equivalent of like a normal wingspan a for a person seven foot four inches. <laughs> Isn't wingspan correlated to height? Like if your wingspan is more than your height, then it's above average. Is that uh, it's it's correct? close. Yeah, it's that, very close. That is a a good rough estimate. Your wingspan will generally be a little bit longer than your height, but it's really close. Yeah. Okay. So Paris Johnson Jr., one of the top tackles, probably top fifteen, top twenty. But Dewan Jones's teammate, maybe not as highly regarded, but the bigger, more physical freak. That again, during weigh-ins tomorrow morning before practice, is going to be very interesting to see what he uh, measures in at. And Luke talks a lot more draft on our Tuesday edition of the Minnesota Football Party, where Luke uh, really takes the reins, dives in. I know he'll have a lot of great content there. And you can hear Luke this week on Locked on NFL Draft. Luke filling in for um, someone on vacation. So check him out there. Um, parlays oh, did no. not go well. Let's just review 
just so we can kind of commiserate here. So, Braun, you had A.J. Brown TD and Joe Mixon TD. Did either come true? No, I'm so mad. They were in the red zone so much. All right, so you went 0 for 2 on your two legs. Inman, Jalen Hurts, over 48 rush yards and over 8.5 carries. So you covered on the carries. You needed mm-hmm. 10 or 9 more yards. Yeah, and, and when you just that, covering on the carries and not the yards, rough, ridiculous. <laughs> and when you look at the box score, you say, "Oh, Eagles scored thirty-one point." You'd think, "All right, normal day, Hertz is going to have 60, 65, 70 rushing yards." No, nope, not yesterday. And a lot of those carries too. I mean, two, three attempts down at the goal line, trying to sneak in from the two or one yard line. He really, up until the fourth quarter, didn't have maybe even double digits. I mean, they held him in check for most of the day. Mm-hmm. All got it. All came on one drive. For yeah. Sure. Yeah. Arif, you had McKinnon TD and Ayuk three and a half receptions over. Don't think either of those hit. Man, I thought I thought the Ayuk three and a half receptions was like a misprint. I thought it was so obvious and easy that he was going to get three and a half receptions, and then Hassan Reddick has the temerity to injure the quarterback. <laughs> How dare he? <laughs> How dare he? Uh, yeah, that rough. I mean, the McKinnon TD. I can like. I should have anticipated the Bengals defense had, you know, done a pretty good job over the over the past two years of locking up the Chiefs and that the touchdowns have come at a premium and that McKinnon was probably not the first. And I understand that the Ayuk thing that burns me, man. Yeah, Pacheco seems to get way more work than McKinnon. Um, well, he he got way good. more work in this game, but McKinnon has out. How touched uh, Pacheco? Uh-huh. Yeah, passing game. McKinnon's been weeks. a huge yeah. X factor for them. Don't yeah, he matter. like he scored like seven of his last eight games. Like it's crazy. Yeah. So I had the very likely parlay of Kittle, Devontae Smith, T. Higgins, and Noah Gray scoring touchdowns, and I got one out of four. Yay! But it, w- it wasn't that likely to begin with. So collectively, in the past two weeks, as a group, we've gone one for eight. That is correct. Luke sure. Inman, the okay. lone winner. Yeah. Okay. So we got one week left. Did we think of a loser punishment? Should we go to the no. polls? Should we go to the Absolutely comments? Not. See what people are posting? Uh, Comment do down think? below. Yeah. How should we be punished for losing? Right. Well, right now it's a three-way tie. Is the problem like if we Somebody's all just lose again? Hit one. Yeah. So maybe it's a winner punishment. Maybe it's a winner reward. Yeah. That's, that makes way more yeah. sense to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I know Luke doesn't mind. I don't hate it. <laughs> I'll allow it. I'll allow it. Your reward is you have to do a combine in the snow. <laughs> and and- <laughs> it's time to tell you who spilled their proverbial drink on the sofa. Get ready for this week's party foul. This is a great opportunity to air your grievances. A little festivist about the AFC championship game officiating which we haven't talked about a lot. If you have something else, that's fine too. But I'm just opening the floor if you want to have your gripes out now. Uh, anyway. I'll, I'll, I'll take this because I don't think it's going to take away from anyone's particular officiating gripe because my gripe is about how people reacted to the officiating, right? I'm not saying the officiating was good. It wasn't. I'm not saying it didn't favor the Chiefs. It very well might have. 
My issue is with the way people interpreted every single call on the field as if it was evidence of bias one way or the other. Like they couldn't remove themselves from the fact that we had been talking about the Chiefs being favored by the refs the entire game, even though, in my opinion, it was relatively marginal compared to the amount of discourse about it, especially with the phantom fifth down or whatever people want to call it. That play was going to be called back no matter what, because the clock had stopped. There's like, you can't get around that. That was going to get called back regardless. Whether or not the Chiefs had converted on that third down or not, they were going to replay that third down on third and nine. And the Bengals benefited from it anyway by getting a sack. Like, like it's it's not that big a deal. People talking about this. Now there's a penalty on the sack, though. Well, yeah. That. Which was yeah, earned. Which was yeah, another was, kind was of earned. ticky-tack. No, I think that was... I don't like call, but I think it was I don't even think that was ticky-tack. I think that was correct. Um... Because that was on uh, who's number eleven? Is it Juju? No, Juju it was, was on already Eli Apple at that point. No, no, I know it was on Eli. Apple. Oh, oh, the receiver, uh, uh, Valdez Scantling. It was, it was Valdez Scantling. Yeah, um, he was clearly impeded by it. Like that's the issue, right? Um, and then, and then, but people were taking the fact that there was an extra down as if you know that holding penalty was also further evidence. That, and that's the correct call, that holding call. Just like it was the correct call, unfortunately, for Joseph Osai when there was the unnecessary roughness out of bounds. Just like it actually makes sense not to call the holding penalties in either B.J. Hill or Trey Hendrickson on that very same play. All of those are... I'm not even going to say the B.J. Hill one's borderline. You're just not going to get that call. But the Trey Hendrickson one is kind of borderline. I see why it didn't get called, uh, especially as people want, the, the for some reason, the end of the game to be officiated a little bit looser. Well, there's that. There you go. But, like, the way people are talking about this as if it's this grand conspiracy to get the Chiefs of all teams back into the Super Bowl, like, why Why would the NFL care more about the Chiefs, right? That doesn't make any sense to me. Um, no, I the, uh, the officiating might have been bad. There's a lot of ways to detail it. But the way people talk about it is, is frankly, ridiculous. I, I'm actually with you 100%. 100%. I, I, I think that people blow stuff out of proportion tremendously when there are a high number of flags thrown. Um, but I have a hard time saying that a lot of them shouldn't have been thrown. Yeah. Right? Should like they a, not have I, thrown yeah. some of these flags? The Niners penalties, it felt like there was four drives on one penalty and you go back, you watch just each play by itself. and You're like, you, what are you not going to call that? Like, yeah, people like are like, a uh, ref ball. Or, and it's like, don't commit penalties, right. ref ball. Mm -hmm. Come right. on. Again, I don't think the, the officiating was very good in the AFC Championship game. I, I think I think the officiating was fine in the NFC Championship game, but it was like very easy to, to see all the flags and complain about it. I don't think the officiating was good. I think the discussion about it was worse. That Niners drive reminded me of the Lions defensive backs against Adam Thielen week four. Every play, yeah. I'm just going to hold you. And they can't call a flag on every play, can they? Yeah, like the old Seattle yeah. try. What, yeah. What yeah. One that steamed Shanahan. Shanahan was in a guy's face. I'm trying to remember why. I don't know. I, here's what. It, oh, I'll no, I remember. It was roughing the punter. Because the guy yes. got pushed. Oh, it, should, the it, should have been, it should have been running into the uh, kicker, right? Yeah. He got and, pushed. And, and and it should not have been roughing. And well, should it and, well should it have been anything? Because he got pushed. Okay, no, you're right. Yeah, it shouldn't have been anything. But mm -hmm. if any, like it wasn't even 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 if he yeah. wasn't pushed, it should have been roughing the punter. It should have mm -hmm. been running into the kicker. I don't know um, how he didn't block it. Smaller like, they I don't know so either. Much pressure that uh, if he blocks it, then it's a moot point because then you're allowed to kind of hit the punter. But. How about hey? Can we get a replay on the punt that hit the rope?
that hit the uh oh my god show mm -hmm. the sky cam it's yeah shaking. if the sky cam shakes that's pretty good evidence right uh, like, well plus didn't the rotation of the ball well on on the all like 22 randomly... you know replay clearly start to yeah. change halfway through too yeah no that, replay okay, though so, Give me a replay. so how about here's a party foul how about this fox for not replaying anything that was worth replaying on these penalty questions we got yeah. one replay of the punt by the way uh and there should have been multiple including from the sky cam which would mm. have been shaking and hey if you don't have access to the sky cam footage maybe that's evidence too maybe a ball hit it i don't know right but like <laughs> right <laughs> like, like that, that that feels like relevant or um or i i guess this was a this was a cbs right it was with Kadarius tony the the replay on the catch they didn't get the replay on the catch but like fox in particular was not replaying stuff CBS yeah, the, was the, the Devonte Smith, Smith catch. Smith catch. Yeah. It's so like, like replay booth couldn't do what they needed to do. Especially yeah. with, with the like quick reviews. Yeah. It was like the second catch of the game. Come on. I thought CBS was very slow to show a replay of the extra down situation. It took him like four plays after to clear that up. Yeah. And to actually the ref show a ref. coming out of the ultimate. Yeah. yeah. To like figure out what where yeah. the angle was. Yeah. Right. Uh, CBS, I thought, that... did a poor job, but Fox did an awful job. Fox is but... always garbage. I love Greg Olson, by the way. Uh, oh my no god, bag on Greg. Greg's outstanding. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and he and he explained some of the newer concepts in football. Oh, I like, love it. Uh, you know, fourth down tries and stuff like that, yeah. and why you'd want to do it uh, on and a screen really... pass. The railroad tracks. You're supposed to stay in between oh, the railroad yeah, yeah. tracks, right? Yeah. There. Just a lot of just small nuances and yeah. verbiage. And he explains them in, in such approachable, understandable ways. Yes. The, the extra down thing bugged me the most about this because not because of the fact that they replayed the down. That's what you have to do in that situation. How do you not get the clock going? Oh yeah, my God. Did, it's yeah. the AFC we championship. Like do 10, the clock right. It was like at 10, 16, the entire time as they're switching out on the, like the, the fourth down and like, everybody's like the clock has just stopped, man. I, it's like, there's, the last game going. of the season. <laughs> like, get it together. That's what has bugged me so much this year. Like, it, you miss calls are going to happen in every sport. Refereeing is impossible. Stuff's going to get missed. We're going to get mad about it. It's just part of it. Yeah, at and least it's, it's not it's the a NBA, factor of luck. Right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a factor of luck who gets the wrong end of that stuff. There's not a conspiracy against your team. But th the operational stuff, like the chains broke in the NFC championship game. How does that's the second time this playoffs that chains have broke. How does that keep happening? How do you not get the mm -hmm. clock set up? Right. How do you not get the ready for play set up? Right. How do you not get the ball set in time? Like the, the Terry McLaurin one earlier in the season when they didn't tell him right, that he was on the line of scrimmage. Right. That is the easiest stuff in the world. College students can do this. I know because I did this as a college student. It's so easy. I was hung over as hell and it was easy. Get it together. <laughs> Run the game. Holy Christ. <laughs> um, Joseph Asai not only did what he did, it looked like he got hurt really badly. I don't know if he, there's he, been. He did. He mentioned I don't know if there's been hurt. a report on that. Uh, they like, they uh, asked him after the game. He said he did get hurt. Like, and not not just like a bump and like that looked bad. What a terrible moment. And honestly, yeah. I would have preferred the like great, uh, great entertaining game. Fascinating finish. Would have loved to see overtime, right? Like I was rooting for a missed field goal or I wanted to see time back on the clock and see those two quarterbacks go down the field. 
I think well, that would have been preferable to what what occurred. I, I've I have two thoughts on this. One, how good a teammate is BJ Hill? Do you see that interview? Yeah. Oh, outstanding. Um, where where BJ Hill would and I don't fault the reporters at all, by the way, but uh, from BJ Hill's perspective, I think he did the right thing. Um, where BJ Hill intervenes in the interview, um, mostly just to support Osai and 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 to say hey don't ask that that's a dumb question i don't think that it is but um mostly to protect his teammate and say that he's got his back and that he's always going to be there for him i thought that that was really extraordinary fantastic um mm-hmm. second thing i don't think we're talking enough about how much of a redemption game this was for the Chiefs' special teams i tweeted out that the thing that did not make sense in terms of the advantages disadvantages that somebody had posted um on twitter was that the Chiefs had a special teams advantage. It still doesn't make sense. The Chiefs entered the game having the worst EPA on special teams in the NFL, minus 55 points total on special teams this year, right? So the Chiefs did not have an advantage on special teams. The reason that's true is Harrison Butker, which, mind you, this is probably because of injury, but Harrison Butker was 75% on field goals, ranked 31st in the NFL among qualifying Mm -hmm. kickers. There's only 33 of those, right? Um, because two kickers qualified uh, from the same team one year. Um, 31st in the NFL in field goal percentage. Sky Moore has three fumbles mm-hmm. on uh, punt returns, and in addition to that, three more muffed punts, right? Yeah. They Lost his job. Took him off for a little bit. For Kadarius Tony. Kadarius Tony was the punt returner, right? He's injured. Sky mm-hmm. Moore has to go back in as the punt returner and has the best punt return of his life right in the biggest moment to get a 29 yard punt return to set them up. And then Harrison Bucker nails every single kick. He, he attempts in this game for 11 points, right? Mm -hmm. Phenomenal redemption. Um, Tommy Townsend was probably the, the, the only member of the Chiefs special teams unit. That's been good all year. Did not have the world's best game, but certainly did not have the world's worst game. Three punts inside the 20, no touchbacks. Um, and put in punting in weird situations that Andy Reid should not have had him punt, um, like that, like that last punt. Um, really glad that that yeah. you know he nailed him on the six or something like that. But man, great, great performance by a special teams unit that has been struggling all year due to largely the performance of some individual players that have not been playing well. And on kickoff coverage, they've been bad all year. They had great kickoff coverage in this game. So um, those are my mm-hmm. two thoughts. One, props to BJ Hill. Two. Props to Sky Moore. Yeah, yeah. No, good no block in the back either, right? Well, hmm. <laughs> that should have been called. But that's that, that's not a discredit to Sky Moore. Guys, that was fun. We got plenty to talk about as the Super Bowl approaches, including a lot of prop bet discussion with FanDuel, FanDuel.com slash Locked On. I want to thank Arif Hassan, Pro Football Network, Luke Braun, Locked On Vikings, Luke Inman, Locked On Sports Minnesota, myself, Sam Ekstrom. Subscribe. Comment, help us get to 5,000 subscribers, our next big milestone. We appreciate you watching and listening to the Minnesota Football Party. We'll talk to you next time. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.